I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. No, but today's supposed to be a really bad astrology day. They're like, watch out. Like, there's going to be fights. They're gonna just like, keep your head down. It's going to be intense. I think it's just like a little explosive energy because it's like a Gemini full moon and like Mars is retrograde. There's like a bunch of stuff going on. That's scary. Yeah. I feel like this week has been weird vibes. Peep, this week has been weird vibes. This week has been weird vibes. I don't know how else to describe it because it's not like nothing like specific, but bad has happened or anything but like it's just like yeah. a weird energy i've been like vaguely sp- oh my god i'm s- literally well here's the worst thing that happened to me because of the witch full moon I'm just <laughs> it's so loud um, that was crazy um i've been like vaguely sad but i also went through a breakup so i guess that's normie to be <laughs> sad. yeah i was about to say my like whole life is changing but like um otherwise like fine but like no there is a weird energy i feel like people are on edge yeah i feel like it's also like when the sun sets yeah. in the fucking middle of the day and then you have like three hours left of work. This is also why I am a Scrooge is because I just like the holiday, this like time of year is like annoying because like no one wants to really start anything up because it's not going to happen for like another month and a half. Right. And so then like everyone's just in this weird energy where like they don't feel like doing anything, but you still have to go to work and you still have to do shit. And it feels like this really like gunked up like slow down sort of like low vibrational energy and I'm like let's pick up the pace do you know what I mean 100% Christmas day like I'm actually not anti like I always say I'm a Scrooge it's like Christmas day itself is fine but it's the like shockwave is it fucked up I just like your sound seems really Is it still working? Yeah, it's working. I it just. Does it seem too low when I talk? No. Okay. What was I saying? Oh, Christmas Day itself is fine. I'm just like the the shockwaves out the like re, like of the effect it has on like the days surrounding it. I'm just like it's too much. One day shouldn't affect a whole month like this. I agree. I also think there's something really depressing about. New York during Christmas. Wait, go deeper. Cause people always are like iconically like New York Christmas time. I know, I know. But to me, it's like, I don't know. There's something about like the, I mean, obviously it's not, I'm not like the purity of Christmas, blah, blah, blah. Capitalism is ruining Jesus's birthday kind You're so of thing. fully Jewish. Cause I'm literally Jewish. <laughs> but I feel like it's just this really like relentless capitalistic yeah. month. And in New York, I feel like it just gets, it's, more like shameless about it. Like I feel like totally. growing up, it was more like cutesy. Like I guess also every Christmas. The thing is that everything's branded. Yeah. Everything's branded. It's like the Christmas. The, the Christmas Macy's decorations in the park fucking, are like TD Bank sponsored. Right. No, it's so that. And it's also like. Well, I will say the one thing I think is cool. Did you hear that they're doing this year for the first time ever? They're like shutting down fifth avenue to make it all pedestrian so you can walk like down the street and see all the lights no that's cute i like that i'm like that's cute because the one thing is like i do think that part of the city is really pretty like granted it's still sponsored but like Saks puts thousands of dollars into their christmas lights it's beautiful you know what i mean but it's so crowded to go see them that it's so anxiety inducing but if they open the streets i'm like that's cute and fun and maybe i'll go do that i probably won't but i would yeah i don't know why i feel like i get what you're saying like i think there is something really like pretty about it too but I don't know why it like feels like a little bit depressing here like when I see all the I don't know it's just like the I don't know what it is I feel like maybe it's also because you can see the full array of like it's also like who is this for because right. I also feel like it's like it feels like it's for the tourists because everyone comes to see that ship but then people a lot of people in New York leave for Christmas yeah and then on Christmas day like New York feels a little bit like a ghost town mm-hmm but that's not true because a lot of people stay. Like, 
I don't, I don't know. know. It's a weird, it's a weird sort of situation. And I just, this month is sort of low vibrational for me. I agree. I agree. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of agree with you and I, I'm more of a summer girl and I know you're a summer boy. You're a big summer boy. I like being able to be outside. I don't like when the summer is so hot that I'm like schwitzing all the well, time. Well, sure. Da, da, da. I just, you know what it is? I want perfect weather. Yeah, I want perfect weather all is the time. too much to ask for? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, yeah. Um, I feel like it's, I just like, yeah, I've been like sad. Honestly, I've just been like sad. Do you have fun. sad, like seasonal affect? I don't, th- no, I think I like went through a break of my movement. Yeah. My life's just changing. And so I'm going through like w- weird little sad moments. I'm not I like, get that. I'm not like crying all the time, but I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like a weird little time in my life. Yeah. And I'm like not sad all the time, but like I'm normally a very happy, bubbly person. But right now I'm like, I think it's hard to be like happy, bubbly when you're going through a sad thing. Well, totally. I don't know. And it seems like I feel like this is also like cuffing season. This is the time of year where I feel like everyone's like wanting to stay. Wait, But don't you feel like everyone just broke up? Like when I when when I was going through my breakup, I feel like everyone was going through a breakup. Like I feel like everyone broke up. I feel like this. Yeah. Did this happen to you? I'm because I'm like, is it a, is it like my age? Like, did everyone my age go through a breakup, or like, did people your age go through breakups too? Do you feel like all your friends broke up? I feel like for me, it was like the post college breakups happened yeah, that's, last year. Yeah. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But the ones who are still together have still been together. Like, there were like there was yeah. a huge wave of like all the college relationships that kind of ended, and then yeah, I wonder if it's an age thing because maybe it's like the wave of like because it's like the college breakup happens, and then it's like the series 20s partner and yeah, then that breakup like happens. the live-in partner. Because that's the, that's the one I feel like everyone I know just went through. That's tough. That's a tough one. It was kind of validating that was happening to other people. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's not just me. No, there's, misery loves company. <laughs> Mis- misery loves company. No, it's not, it is nice to have someone to go through it with though. I feel like I had two friends that went through really bad breakups at the exact same time and I've never seen two people get closer faster. Yeah, it's, it's cathartic for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So even though you were sad, did you go out over the weekend? Did I go out? over? Yes, I think I did. I went to, oh, I went to 718 sessions at Good Room and it was very, very fun. It's like a disco dance party. It was so, 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 so fun. I went with my friends, Josh and Ben. Very fun. Um, and it was like, a, I'm in a bad mood. And I texted my friends. I was like, what are you doing? They're like, we were going dancing. And then I had like an amazing night. So it was like very healing. That's the best. Yeah. It was like very. Sometimes you need a night like that. And there was, and there was no line when I got there. And when I went inside, it was like packed and fun. It was like the perfect little magical moment. That actually sounds like a good astrology week for you. Yeah, last week was good. The this stars week, were the were stars were aligned well. in that moment. I'm just interesting because like my astrology apps have all been like Wednesday and Thursday. Watch out, it's gonna be bad. And so I'm just like, Ooh, okay. They were like, they were like, they were, like everyone, like my friend who's like very into astrology was like, she was like, ideally, just like don't leave your house, like stay, keep your head down, like. And I was like, well, I have two podcast recordings and a stand up show, so I don't, <laughs> don't know that leave that's. Your house. She was like, it was like, and like my app was like, keep interactions to a minimal, and I was like, I'm literally like performing for an audience and recording two interviews, like this is not. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of hard with your career. Functional. To not I guess we can talk, okay, but the next episode is with an astrologer, so we'll talk about it. Oh yeah. That'll be interesting. I'm excited to hear about that. I'm actually. excited. Yeah, that'll be good. This week's one was an interesting one and a very fun one. Um, our guest is a model and a dating coach and a singer and just like a New York socialite personality. Um, I find it, she, she's honestly just, it was like very impressive the way she like has really taken over like her own nightlife in this town. Like it was very impressive. Um, she, we talk a lot about flirting and dating and all those things. <laughs> Um, so please enjoy me going out with Tip by Ira. That's absolutely insane. Perfect. All right, is everyone ready to roll? You want that? Yeah, you can like lower it. Just like this is crazy. Okay, wait, hold on. That feels good. Okay, we're good. Yeah. Okay, great. Ah, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So, okay. So you, we were just talking before we started recording. You've lived in New York. Did you say eight years? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Okay, seven. Gorge. And you, I guess my, the thing I was most excited to talk to you about was, and there was a long list, but <laughs> we haven't had, you do like dating advice and one could call you a dating expert. Yeah. I, we haven't really 
the show's about going out. We talk about going out all the time. We haven't really done like the dating deep dive. And I do think that's an exciting place to sort of enter. Is dating the main way you enjoy going out? Um, absolutely. I feel like <laughs> I love trying the restaurants more than the men. Um, that's like my, like, <laughs> absolutely. Well, I, okay. So, I mean, I think my approach is kind of a way of merging, um, the fun of going out with dating. I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves to like find the one I need to find my husband tonight. And like, I'm like, girl, you're not a tire. Like stop putting all your pressure, like to build your life, go out to drinks, go out to dinner, make it more of an experience rather than an expectation. And that's how you can actually learn how to like enjoy dating again. 100%. Um, I totally agree with that. I think it's like, it's like you don't, it's the same. I, cause it's funny that you say this about rest, about the dating side of it, because I often talk that about restaurants where I think people approach a restaurant being like, I need to like, I need to like get this right and nail the experience and like do, especially when they're going to like a restaurant that it's like a place to go. Like mm. if you're going to like, I don't know, like fucking Balthazar, it's like, like being like, I have to do it in this certain way. And I'm like, or you can just like do your version of it. You know, I and totally like agree. I feel like, the point of dating someone is like, you could either be at Balthazar or you could be like with a bottle of wine in the park, right? right. It's like, it's about getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. Of course, have your expectations of like what you want your date to look like. So like for yeah. me, I don't want to go over to a guy's house at 4 a.m. and eat Cheetos on his couch and watch, you know, like Game of Thrones. It's not a date to me. Right. But if that is a date to someone. Respect. Respect that. Like you have to make your own boundaries and you have to also make your own ideas of what you feel comfortable doing. And also not going in, I think like what's interesting about what you just said and this is how I used to feel like sorry I just realized I was like talking about dating in the past tense but I'm single now so I can talk about it in the present Jesus Christ cheers um, that's often a thing I think about dating and like especially when I was dating when I was younger like I think a lot of people I know approach dating like you said with the end goal in mind. I'm finding my husband I'm finding my boyfriend I'm finding my girlfriend I'm finding my wife whatever whereas it's like what it actually all it is is like I'm meeting up with this person to get to know them and like that so it's like if you go on a date, like if you go on a date being like, I need to find my boyfriend, then anything else in that is gonna feel like a failure. Where if you're like, I'm going out to get drinks to get to know this person, unless they like literally don't speak, like that goal will be achieved. And then you get to make a separate decision. Do I want to get to know them more? Do I want to see them again? And it's it like loosens the constraints of dating. Absolutely. And I also like think to add to that, like you should go out to get to know yourself too. Whoa. So, you know, when I go out on a date, I'm going to learn, like, what makes me feel confident? Do I like how this person's speaking to me? What is my dating style? So if you take it more into an inward reflection rather than I need to prove to someone my value, yeah. you'll enjoy it more. But then on top of it, you're dating like it's the last date so you can take it for what it is. I think a lot of my clients and a lot of people that I work with, when they have that end goal in mind, they're already painting a fantasy rather than the reality that's in front of them. So, like, I do this, like, exercise with all my clients. I get them to write, like, every Thing they want on paper and mm -hmm. then I get a paper shredder <laughs> after the date right because I'm like look the person that you actually want you can't quantify into certain attributes on a piece of paper they're an experience like once you're on the date you can actually see what's in front of you but you're f like if you're falling in love with the future rather than the person in front of you it's gonna yeah. lead you to failure and then what your journey to get here as a <laughs> Your journey to get here as like a dating expert was this something that came naturally to you, or were you did where like did or is or, is this knowledge and this skill set something that you feel like was innate? Like I'm just really fucking good at this, or is this something that you really worked at and like crafted? I'm sure it's a bit of both, but yeah, honestly, I think it's just a multitude of bad dates and, and low standards. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, you were like, I'm gonna fucking change this. Yeah, so I think like. A little bit about my story. I was really deeply bullied for a long time. I was never, honestly, someone to, I never thought that men would be proud of me. I was always someone yeah. that like people called after 10 o'clock, right? Like I've always felt like I was someone that um, didn't deserve to go on the date or didn't deserve to be seen with someone. And I realized that that was, of course, conditioning from bullying, but also a narrative I was telling myself. So I decided to change it. And yeah. that's why to me, dating is so fun because it's not just going out to get to know someone. It's like, I'm going to be who I want to be and present myself to the world and not hide because I deserve to like be proud of who I am. And yeah. I, I want to be with someone that's proud to be with me. So all of these, you know, advice and tips that I've been giving on TikTok, it, it's almost a way of giving myself the advice. So when I first started on TikTok, I was kind of in this, I was on the ground floor. I was learning to set boundaries. I was learning to build my confidence and I was learning to date in a way that made me feel good. So as yeah. I was doing that, I was sharing it with 
all of the people on TikTok, which I think is a very nuanced and unique way of being a dating coach. Because a lot of times dating coaches have been married for like a hundred years and they're like, I'm perfect. And like, this is what you have to do to get here. And I'm like, look, babes, I'm not perfect. I'm here doing what you're going through right. too. And let's get through it together. And let's be honest about the realities because a lot of dating coaches don't know what it's like to date anymore. But I do. I do it five times in like a week. Well, right, because it's it's also like I think you're acknowledging that dating is separate than a relationship and you're yep. not a relationship coach, you're a dating coach. No. I mean, I do think what I give to my clients and what I talk to on TikTok really comes from a place of being confident in yourself, which goes from dating to relationships to marriage to divorce. Like you're stuck with you through all those phases. So I hope 100%. that the advice that I give can go with you throughout whatever stage you're in. But I do yeah. think my approaches and my tips is heavily focused on dating. But I think that if you can learn to love yourself in the most like scary moment, which is going on a first date, I mean, like, Honestly, people don't give people enough credit about going on a first date. You're literally going in front of a stranger that doesn't know you and you're being perceived and yeah. it's terrifying. But if you can feel strength in that moment, you can continue to build on that. I call it like the confidence gym. So it's like continuously like putting yourself in situations that are outside of your comfort zone when it comes to like, you know, what are they going to think about me? What should I wear? What should I do? Eliminate that thought process and come from your own standpoint. What do I want? What makes me feel good? And I think that can go with you throughout whatever date or relationship or whatever comes your well, also, those are all things that if you're going to have a relationship that's successful, they need to start, like you said, on the ground floor. Mm -hmm. So, like, coming to it with that, if you don't start a relationship with that, if you don't start, like, at the dating level with that level of, like, confidence and self-knowledge, it's not, it's going to be harder to find it when you're further down the line of whatever you end up in. Oh, my God. I always tell this to everyone, and I had to learn this myself. Like, when you go on a first date, don't be your PR team. Like, I think a lot of us feel like we have to be perfect. We have to present an illusion of what we wish we could yeah. be. No, bitch. You have to be who you are at the beginning. Yeah. Because guess what? You might get a million people that like you by being something that you're not, but you're not going to have the right people. And I always tell everyone, you don't need to sell at Madison Square Garden of dick. Like, you just need... <laughs> You just need to find the one. Right. So, you know, all I'm saying is that, like, it's better to attract rather than change yourself to fit someone else's narrative of who they want you to be. And are you mostly coaching women who date men? Um, so that's basically the main crew on TikTok. Like, yeah. I mostly have um, a woman-based uh, demographic, but it's been—I can't wait to announce some things that I've been working on. Yeah. But um, I've been really working in a— let me rephrase this because I, I can't talk about no, um, we can cut what I was doing. Totally. Um, so I'm really excited because as I did start on TikTok, I was mostly speaking to like a young girl demographic. Yeah. However, I've really like got to expand that. So with my dating coaches, I've really worked with everyone across the board, all nice. sexualities, all genders. And it's really been great because, you know, my approach is something that I think is universal, which is really learning how to lean into your power. Yeah. Right. And um, of course, everyone has their own unique stories and unique dating approaches. And I think that's why a lot of these dating rules are bullshit yeah. because they try to make a one size fits all yeah. for everyone, which does not exist. So they'll be like, if you do this, you'll get that person. If you behave like this, then you'll get them. You have to do these 10 steps to get laid. No, you need to be able to build your own steps to learn what's best for you. And what? OK, wait, so I'm curious in the process of expanding to starting to work with people that aren't women who date men, mm -hmm. like what are things that you've learned that are different? Like what are things that you started to realize? Like as you've started to coach people who don't date in the same way you do in terms of like gender and sexuality, are there things you've like had that you've learned? And then I'm sure that also there are things like you said that are the universal constants and yeah. those are probably really powerful, but I'm curious if there's things that have opened, you've opened your eyes to as you've been like, oh shit, like I was thinking about it this way, but when it's in this situation, it's actually this way. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm constantly learning from the people that I work with yeah. all the time because I think the difference between my approach and some other dating coaches is that I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help you curate what you already know, mm -hmm. right? So I think with working with people that date differently than me, I'm taking in a lot of the information about how they date that might be different than my own experience. And from there... I really just guide them to do what they're already doing in a more confident position. Gotcha. So that's the thing. I'm not someone that's going to tell people what to do. That's yeah. never been my, my goal and that's never been my strategy because who am I to tell you what's best for you? You know, I think we all know what's best for us. It's just sometimes we need a little guidance or a little coaching to yeah. help us understand that we do have that power already. Totally. So is most of your social life now dates? 
It's crazy because they say those that <laughs> don't do teach. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, um, it's been a. Ba- I'm Jake. I'm, I'm really in the midst of. I, I don't know if it's like a 25 year old life crisis. Quarter life crisis. Quarter yeah. life crisis. Um, when I first started dating heavily, right? So I told you nobody would take me out until I was like 18. I moved to New York. I was like a New Orleans negative 100. Like people <laughs> literally, like, people scoffed at me. No one would look at me, right? So then when I came to New York, I was like, holy shit, like people think I'm hot. What? Right. Like, okay, like this guy in a blue suit that's like at the club, like actually wants to like go out. I'm like, okay, sure, right? Little, yeah. Later did I know that like he was really just like a Wall Street asshole with a coke oh, problem. Oh, yeah, a huge but, coke problem. Yeah. Huge. I was like, why is it that a blue suit is more cokey than a black suit? No, it's true. Beware of a blue suit. Blue suits are cokey. <laughs> yeah, they are. What is that? Addiction. Addiction. Like, don't, I love how it looks, but beware if you're dating a guy with a blue suit, the, he has the, a secret. the powder shows up more on black. No, exactly. They're, wow. <laughs> blue suit, they either, they either have a secret, like, wife at home or a coke problem. I'm dubious That's of a blue suit. I'm yeah. really dubious beware, of a blue suit. Beware, beware. Okay. Um, but, so I moved to New York and then... You know, it was the first time that I was starting to be perceived as beautiful. At the same time, I got scouted as a model, which was then, you know, like a crazy journey for me where I was like, oh my God, I spent all my life hating myself, hating my body, and now I'm getting praised for it. So it was like, yeah, what does that feel like when you go from feeling like you're a negative 100 uh, to being like, sorry, model? Like, (laughs) what does that feel like? Um, Well, ultimately, that's kind of what made me develop my core beliefs, which is Mm -hmm. that it literally doesn't matter what other people perceive you as, as long as you know that you're that bitch. So like, it's funny how in one city I'm nothing and in another city I'm a model. That relativity is actually what is the basis of all my dating advice, who I am as a person and what I give to everyone. Is that you walk into a room, a hundred people are gonna have a hundred different ideas about you, but what's your idea about yourself? Because you can handle what everyone has to say about you if you know what you stand for, what you believe and who you wanna be. Yeah. So for me, when I was modeling, of course, now I can say that in hindsight, but I'll be straight up. It was really hard for me, you know, I'm because sure. that's where I think my um, heavy dating, heavy need for validation really started because it's crazy. You're getting paid to like be beautiful. Right. But if you don't believe you're beautiful, you still need people to make you feel beautiful. Yeah. So I almost call it like band-aids on a bullet wound where I was like, OK, I need guys all the time to be like so hot, so hot. Like I needed my fix. So then I started dating terrible people because I needed people to love me even, it's not even that I, I wanted fake love over being alone, right? So I'd rather have a love that hurt than actually realize that like nobody wanted me. So like when I would go out to the club, I'd be like, oh my God, no one had flirted on me. I'm so ugly. I'm like disgusting, all that stuff, right? Which was not the right healthy way to be. Yeah. But that's what started me dating a lot. And I had a lot of fun. Like, I feel like, you know, I, I'm sure we all have our toxic moments. Sometimes the most toxic moments can be a lot of fun, but they're hurting Absolutely. you. <laughs> like, my toxic, I was in college. I was going out every night. I was dating all these guys. And I was literally learning what it's like to be myself in an environment where, like, guys like me. Yeah. Which, it was rocky because sometimes, what the biggest lesson that I've learned from that phase is that just because people are giving you attention doesn't mean that they like you. And no. just because... People are like get like wanting you to be with them doesn't mean that they really want you. So that was a big lesson I learned from that. A lot of toxic guys, a lot of great moments, a lot of great sex, but I like, you know, that was that was it, right? And I was yeah. also struggling at the time as a musician. Nothing was really going my way. So dating was an outlet for me to just like feel Yo, like yeah. feel good, right? So it was good. I had a lot of fun times, but I know like now being like a granny that that wasn't sustainable. So after that, I was working at a private membership club. I was working at Soho House. Um, and, you know, I'm around all these like super rich people. I, I was always in the service industry ever since I was like 15. I was like working in pizzerias, working in donut shops, doing all this stuff. And I think that was another insecurity where like coming to New York, you never, it's this world where no matter how much you do, there's always someone doing more or there's no matter how wealthy you get, there's always someone with more money or no matter how beautiful you are, there's someone that you perceive as more beautiful. Right. So that was a big insecurity for me. Um, and then I just, I just started to be like, that's enough. Like, I'll, I can't keep living my life feeling like I'm not enough. And if you view yeah. your life from a point of lack, you're never going to enjoy it. So that's when I did the switch. So then I started making the TikToks, doing all the advice, all that stuff. And I've really, like, I, I owe TikTok my standards, my life. Like, it helped me become who I am now. And I think right now I'm dating, but I'm not dating as many because I'm dating the right people. Yeah. 
that makes that was a I long mean, way. <laughs> no, but it makes total sense. I mean, it is like interesting to like that. Like, I have mixed feelings about TikTok. Like, I obviously it changed my life in these like really massive ways as well. And like, you know, like I do think one of the things that is really powerful about it as a person when you're someone who's putting a ton of shit on it is you then do get to like especially if you're someone who's putting stuff up on it and people are responding to it and you're creating whatever this is like people are following you and that whole dynamic you then like every once in a while can look back at your page and be like who is this person yeah and like what is this and like do i like what is what is what are people seeing in this that they're liking and is that actually me and like you can kind of do this analysis and like learn things i think i i did in doing it, learn things about myself yeah. that I don't think I, like I was able to see things about myself as an outsider for a second and like realize things that I don't think I knew before. And I do think that is a really powerful thing about that app. Yeah. You can, you can really watch yourself grow. And I think at the same time, yeah. your followers are growing with you. So it's interesting. Cause I think it's, it's the antithesis of the perfect life that Instagram tried to make happen. And it's like, here's the mess. Like yeah. you're, you're along for the ride. And of course, TikTok still has the glamorizing of things. And, and that's, and but, I do think that's, it's like moving that way. Yeah. Oh God. The clean girl aesthetic, the, the it, body stuff. Yeah, I, I hate it. <laughs> it is weird. It is really wild to watch. Like, because, like, I was, I mean, I started posting on TikTok and, like, watching TikTok back, like, late 2019. Like, mm -hmm. I wasn't posting back then, actually. I was watching, though. I didn't start posting until 2020. But, like, that was a different app and a different landscape. For and the, sure. like, the, like, people weren't there to, like, build lifestyle brands. Like, that was not happening on TikTok. TikTok was the mud. Like, you were seeing the underbelly. <laughs> it was a different Bring fucking, that back. Yo, I, I miss it. it so much. I miss it so it much. It was real. It was, it was raw. And I think that that was, like, the moment of TikTok where, like, I mean, I came up at the same time. So we were yeah. starting then where it was, like, that was where you could really like say shit. You could be like totally yourself. And I think without being like the brands weren't a point of conversation really. Cause brands really just joined TikTok. I would say in the last year and a half. hundred percent. So, I mean, that was a moment where you're just saying shit to say shit. Yeah. And I think like, that's something that I still try to just consistently do. I mean, but you know, of course now, I mean, I, TikTok didn't allow me to curse so much. I've had to like really I know. They they almost like took down my account because I was like saying like yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean it does feel weird like you do have to like censor yourself I and had create to. these things and it's like it is like this weird place to exist. I mean, I like don't like I love doing comedy and I love performing on stage and I love writing and I love acting. And I'm very thankful for the things that like I very I'm very thankful for the things that social media has like done for my career. Mm -hmm. But especially with TikTok and especially like more so with TikTok but with Instagram as well editing myself to like work within this algorithm I hate I hate like that I'm curating yeah. my voice and stuff at times to like work and I'm constantly I think it's why I like and I think it's so impressive with someone like you like you haven't been able to build like really something that works within this thing and it feels so authentic and I think it is so authentic yeah. but it is it also works within these constraints do you know what I mean no absolutely I mean I think like real like to me, and this is what I always tell myself when I start to get in my head, because I struggle with self-doubt, I think like a lot of us do, um, but being real is not a trend, right? No, so totally. uh, there's a million people on TikTok. There's a million people trying to do shit. There's people that actually have copied my stuff. There's like yeah. a bunch of stuff. But, uh, you know, again, going back to the dating advice, as long as you're like showing up in your power, like that's all you can do. 100%. I feel the same way about TikTok where it's like, I might not be the biggest creator. I might not be, you know, someone that's going to have millions and all that stuff, but I love what I'm doing. I love what I'm saying. I love what I'm, I'm trying to be. Like, I love w the work I'm trying to put out and yeah. change the world with. And it's like, look, I know that there's a ways to use the algorithm and there's ways to have a lot more followers and do that stuff. But if it's not authentic to me, I'm not going to fucking do it. Right. And I turn down people all the time. Oh my God, I, I turn down everything. Yeah, of course. Everything. Because guess what? It, it's TikTok is an ethical responsibility. People don't think about it, but it really is. You know, when I grew up on the Tumblr aesthetic, when I grew up seeing all these bodies and feeling like I was enough on, on the Instagram models, all that stuff, that was honestly what made me start my TikTok. You know, of course I started with like where to go out and all that stuff. But once it started to grow, I was like, shit, let's have a real conversation because right. I want to make sure that the next generation of phone users of, of anyone, right? If we can make the beauty standard a little more realistic 
in my yeah. own way that I can, I'm going to fucking do it. And, um, you know, I want to democratize information as much as possible because the gatekeeping in the modeling world and entertainment, I think is fucked up. And I think it's a way that you No, and it's what allows these standards to be per- perpetuated. Absolutely. You know, so it's like, I want to eliminate the concept of perfection, you oh, know, yeah. because it's, it's, it's a lie and it, and it has serious consequences. And I don't think people, if they realize it and continue to do it, uh, Godspeed, but like, there's always going to be a version of it is the thing. Like, yeah, and of course. So it's only, it's just like taking as much power away from it as it can. It's always, go, it's always going to exist. It's just like trying, like people will just always be trying to perpetuate that narrative. Yeah. But like taking as much power away from it as possible and like creating more of a space for people to enter into, to be like, Oh, this doesn't, it, this isn't real. I think is powerful. Yeah. And I think like it's a double edged sword because to your point, there's always going to be people that really want, we all, I mean, of course, like if everything could be that perfect, who wouldn't want that? Right. Totally. But you know, I think I'm inspired the most by people that are honest about, you know, their experience and, and what they've been through. And like, you know, I think like, just for example, like what we do, right. Like with modeling, I saw, I see like a lot of models. will just be like, yeah, I just got discovered in the mall and now I'm a supermodel. Right. Or something like yeah. that. Right. Or like you hear this with like Taylor Swift and and like I, I think I read her story where it's like she was just singing in a coffee shop. Like, you know, like yeah. you see all these huge stars and it's like, I mean, I'm a Swifty. I love her. But it's like yeah. I you see all the the narratives of I just got discovered and now I'm here. But you don't see the reality of how they got there. Right. Which is and not it's not true. Yeah. It's not true. The pro- yeah. I don't care who you are. I mean, unless you were born into a lot of money and a lot of connections. If you're building something on your own, it's never going to be linear. And I think that's the same no. thing with your confidence. I think it's the same thing with going out on dates and feeling good. Like it's never linear if you're growing. So it's yeah. like, why not show the like a hundred steps forward and a hundred steps back, like bring people along totally. the whole way. So speaking of growing, living in New York for the past seven years, how has, how do you like, how do you like to go out now? Like, like what is like, what is going out? I know we, we've talked about dating a lot, but like, are we doing re- like, are we a restaurant girly? Are we a bar girly? Do we like the clubs? Like what's the vibe? What's the, what's the interest? I can be any girl you want. Depends on the day. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I do agree. Like, so basically as I've gotten a little bit older, my style of going out has changed. Number totally. one, I'm not working in service industry anymore, so I don't have hours. Right. Yeah. So I used to work from like midnight. I would get out at midnight. Were so you that, a server at Soho house? No. So I was a hostess. Okay. So you had, you were the last one to leave. So I'd get out at two. Fuck. Yeah. So, Basically, that time was easy because in a way you have your hours, you can make your plans, all that stuff. But for me now, my joy and my focus is making the content and going like out to learn and see new things. So I'm going out a lot to have fun, but I'm also going out to try new places. So I would say my my biggest way of going out now, get drinks. I love going to hotel bars, flirting with the bartender. Um, <laughs> I have I have a hot bartender at every single hotel God bar bless. in New York. It's how you get to, into all these places. Yeah, I, I will. The biggest recommendation to, I mean, my biggest tip to anyone that's going out is know the bartenders, know the bouncers. Yes, and that's your way in. Like you, you really need to make relationships that way. So I used to be a club rat. I was a club rat for the last probably five years. So I know everybody in the nightlife circuit and I've actually started throwing parties now. So that's a new way that I'm going out. So I throw a singles party every month where I try to like help people make new friends, make new lovers, whatever it is, because I do think. Is it at a specific venue or do you move it? uh, This one's at Soho Grand. So yeah, it's really cute. So I just had one last Wednesday, but you know, I think it's really important that we, we use the digital platform that we have to create in-person connection too. That's something that's really inspiring to me. So it's like, I'm sure like, when you have your shows and stuff, totally. it's cool to see the worlds combined. Yeah. Um, so I'm throwing the parties. I'm going to a lot of dinners. I, I really am trying to learn how to cook though. I've never learned how to cook in my life. Really? So I'm trying to find fucking balance to me. That's my, that's what I'm saying. I'm in my quarter life crisis. I'm trying to find balance because I, when I was in my early twenties, it was extreme going out partying. I didn't give a fuck. And then I think I went through a little bit of a granny mode where I like, you know, I just was living in Miami for a few months and that really shook me to my core. (laughs) Like I, I was a negative 1000 in New Orleans, (laughs) but I was a negative 2 billion in Miami. (laughs) It was, yeah, they're they're like beauty body standards are psychotic. Holy shit. Yeah. And it, you know, I think in a way, right. It's easy to talk about this stuff online when you feel like you've gone through it in the past. 
but this was oh, a new level yeah. where I was going through it in the present. So I was yeah. in Miami and I was getting fucking, people were rude to me about my body being, I've never f- been treated that way. Ugh, but I'm it, so sorry. No, it, it actually is the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, I, I think taking suffering and turning it into art is like my favorite thing. Right? Sure. It's or, very powerful. You know, yeah. Turning, taking that suffering that it made me connect back to not only who I used to be, the mm-hmm. feelings I used to feel as oh, a young yeah. kid getting made fun of, but totally. realizing that like, look, there's bullies off the playground. There's always going to be oh, bullies no matter absolutely. what. So it's like, am I going to go back to that young girl that took it? Or am I going to be like, fuck you. You don't talk to me that way. Yeah. Right. So when I say it's the best thing that happened to me, you got to like revisit it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little soft launch, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it allowed me to realize like, who is Tiff now? Totally. Um, so it was a good thing that, that happened, but you know, I went, I, I was, I was really like sad. Like I, yeah. w- I went through a little depression. So I was, I was home. I was just trying to figure out like, who am I now? Right. So totally. I wasn't going out as much and now I'm back. I am feeling really? myself. I pulled myself out of the trenches, rose Hell from yeah. the ashes. And now I am like flirting with everyone at the club. So lately I've been doing, I only got two nights a week. I love Wednesdays. Okay. I love Wednesdays and Thursdays are my favorite nights to Whoa. go out. Okay, walk me through that. I'm, I find this interesting. Okay, number one, weekends are too busy. Yep. There are too many. 100%. Everyone's rubbing up against each other and all that stuff. Lines. And, oh it's my disgusting. god. No, it, it's it's literally terrible. I mean, if I'm like, let's say I go to dinner and then things happen, then I'll go out on a weekend. Yeah. But Wednesday, oh my god, Wednesday's the best night to fucking go out. It's like you have all the people that like. I guess don't really work nine to fives because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. they're out. So a lot of artists, a lot of musicians, all that stuff, um, freelancers. We're, and, we're- and also the people who go out on Wednesdays when you have a lifestyle that doesn't like, cause the thing about the nine to five vibe is when you go out on like a Friday, Saturday and you're among the nine to fivers, they, it's, it's like everyone who's going out, like people who are blowing off steam on a Wednesday are tea kettles. <laughs> Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pressure cookers. Like, explosive. <laughs> They're the whole crock pot. It's, like, too, it's, much, like, it's <laughs> too much steam. And yeah. it's like, hey, y'all are fucked up and I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, my God. Okay, so I was, at, uh, I was at this other private membership club and I was with all these Google execs. This was like two days ago. Okay, flashy. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. I, I was at this other private membership no, club. I was like, it just happened. You know, we yeah, had dinner. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I was at we, Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I looked up a mix of both. Absolutely. I, I did order Taco Bell at the end of that night. I, Hell yeah. That's crazy. Hell yeah. Um, but anyway, so I'm talking to them. You know, they're flirting with me. They're buying us drinks. We're living life. And it was like an art gallery. I'm like, why are y'all here? You don't, you don't know about art. Like, they did it. Like, they were like, oh, I just heard there were like hot people here. I'm like, yeah, you're right. There, it was an art gallery at this totally. membership club. So anyway, we were, we were talking, getting to know each other. And then he's like you look like you're such a good time. Like I'm going to the bathroom to go, you know, do stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't do that. So thank you. And he's like, so if you don't do any substances and stuff, what is your vice? How do you escape life? And I was like, babe, I'm living a life I don't want to escape. Yeah. Like, so that was a weekend <laughs> energy. <laughs> That's such a crazy question. <laughs> yeah, what? Like, you hate your life? Do you want to like- How do you escape reality? It's like, I don't know. Maybe I don't have to. I don't have to. So that's And if the, you do, no judgment. Life is tough, but to like- <laughs> To ask that in an encounter? Especially in response to someone turning down Coke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't do that, but thanks. Um, also, like, let me just say, if you think Coke is the thing that's like equalizing your mental state, babe. No, don't do it. Huge alert. It's not. It's not. Literally it the, makes you feel worse, I'm sure. Oh, the worst of all the I'm like very pro. I'm like, try drugs, experiment, skip Coke. Literally skip Coke. It's so gross. Especially right now. It's really dangerous. Well, oh, well, yeah. don't, that's like a whole other. No, that's like but, a whole, like. Everything is so dangerous right now. Like, it's so hard to be careful. And like, but like, coke is masturbating will get you higher than any fucking drug. <laughs> and I stand by that. <laughs> Go get a fucking vibrator. Stay home. Open a bottle of wine. Please don't do it in a club bathroom. <laughs> no, I, I do have it to go. <laughs> you always bring it to go. No. <laughs> a roadie. I always have a roadie. I'll do it in my purse now. <laughs> um. Oh God, that's so funny. <laughs> you never know. And there's no judgment. <laughs> so are you, wait, so let's talk. Okay. I'm curious if someone were to go, if you were to like, if someone was like, where should I go on a first date? Where in, where are your New York racks? Okay. That's amazing. Um, okay. I just made a video about this actually. Um, it depends what you want. Right. Uh-huh. So I know it's a very controversial question. Dinner versus drinks. Right. Um, 
I like to throw in both. I don't have a stance. I, I yeah, feel like I don't think there needs to I don't think we need to pick. Because I also will say, like, if you're not enjoying the date, get the fuck up. I have a 10 minute rule. If I'm not enjoying it in the first 10 minutes, I leave. Like Wow. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, places I would go. I recommend like dim lighting. I love like <laughs> Lartuzzi in the West Village has this cute little like bar now. Uh-huh. Um, it was really cute. I love, uh, where did I go on a date recently? Um, the bar at Pastis. I had a really nice time. That was cute. A little martini moment. Waverly Inn is very romantic. If you want like a dinner date, it's super like red boots and so all that. So we're going upscale. We're skewing okay, upscale no, no, no. for the I'm, I'm having, we'll, we'll make, we'll make, I mean, you know the guys I like. <laughs> Are you shocked? Yeah. <laughs> no blue suits. Yes, no blue suits. Um, no, so <laughs> here's my thing. I, I, I don't know if this is toxic, but I, I always no. test them. So like this guy asked me out on a date and I'm like, where do you want to go? And then he told me and I was like, all right. But if I don't like it, I'm going to give another suggestion. Sure. So if you want to go in a chill way, um, I really love forget me not. The library is this dive bar too. Oh, those are great bars. Yeah, I love. I so trust me, I, I can go high low. Yeah, whatever yeah. we need to do, whatever the vibe. Because I, I've okay, did, I, I love. No, I love like Grammy musicians with mattresses on the floor too. So it's like sure. I've been to them all. Oh, a place in Williamsburg that I really love is Hotel Del Mano. Very romantic. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. I'm I'm going through everywhere. Um, if we want to go a more ch- Rockarola is a good first date spot. It's a yeah. dive bar. I kind of like first dates at a dive bar. You know, getting to know someone without all of the glam. Now, if you do want to get cocktails, um, I feel like, oh, the hotel lobby bar at the Chelsea, so romantic. And okay. the hottest bartender I've ever seen. We I feel like the hotel, like, I feel like until, re- I think we went through an era recently where people didn't understand that you can go to hotel bars not as a hotel guest. And, like, some right. of them are gorgeous and chic. I feel like that was a thing that got, like, lost in the sauce for that a second. That is the best place to meet men. I have met Every single, like, I, w- I went out with Elon Musk's lawyer a while okay, back. Think, I thought you just were going to say Elon Musk. <laughs> no, and I was like, oh, wait, that, <laughs> no, I would get sued. Uh, <laughs> and I met him at the Beekman Hotel because I went to school at Pace, which is down the street. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually got my education at the Beekman Hotel. So all, <laughs> like, I would skip class and I'd like get a mysterious notebook and pretend that I'm like a moody student. Like I'm an English oh major. God. I was a philosophy major. So I mean like that's annoying. I mean that's the moodiest yeah. of all. <laughs> yeah, I Are you know. fucking kidding? No, literally. So I'd just be like, yeah, I'm just like writing my thesis. And you know, when you're flirting with someone at a hotel and bar, I, your voice goes down. You I'm have just, to like, yeah. Well, people are sleeping upstairs. You have to whisper. Yeah. What <laughs> are you, wait, but okay. Let me walk me through this step by step. Are you, so you're showing up to the hotel Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I'm going to post up at the bar and someone's going to approach me. That is it. And that is what always happens. I am a huge solo diner. I'm a huge solo drinker. And that is the best way to make friends. And it's the best way to meet men in the city for are me. Are you, okay. What are you doing to conjure that energy in when you're sitting solo at the bar? Okay. So number one, I feel like this is universal in the sense that like, you need to learn how to sit with yourself. If you can't sit with yourself, no yeah. one's going to want to sit with you. Yeah. Just that, like, if you don't find yourself interesting, no one is going to find you interesting. So those are exercises that I've done. I'm an only child, so I always used to do that because my parents were working. Okay. So as soon as I had a car, I was rooming around because I'm like, why the fuck am I going to wait to live my life just for someone to do it with me? So it's like I, I just always prioritized experiences totally. even if I was alone. Totally. So if I'm going out to eat alone or going out to get a drink, I think the accessories are very important. So make sure that you have a book or a little journal or something like that. A little tool, you know, just something. Don't look at your phone. The phone is the worst way to like, it's a turn off. Because then you actually look busy. You look like you're working. You look like you're like, you know, on a conference call. Like you're on a Zoom in the middle of the hotel bar, babe. Like, so I think it's good to have like a, like a more like relaxing accessory. I always. Screens kill the, like. Screens kill the vibe. Kill the vibe. Yo, let me just say this right the fuck now. I Hey, <laughs> a motherfucker on a laptop in a bar or restaurant. What the fuck after, are you doing? After 4 p.m. Fuck off. If the sun is down, put your fucking laptop away. I mean this with every cell in my body. No, I, that shit makes agree. me so mad. Every bar I've ever worked at, if someone pulls out a laptop, I'm like, put that shit away. Absolutely. Not here. Like, Absolutely not. And I mean this. I'm dead serious. Fuck off. If Like, 
Go work somewhere else. That is not what a restaurant or a Go bar is for. Go to a fucking WeWork. Like, what the fuck are you doing? People like, are trying. People are there to have a vibe and experience. And Outlook from your fucking laptop is ruining it for everyone. <laughs> that shit makes me so fucking mad. I'm sorry. I just derailed your point. But I just, I, I don't think I've, like, expressly said that, stated that on the podcast I'm so yet. happy you made that clear. And screens, like, phones. It's, like, obviously you can't expect a bar or club to be, like, phone-free. The yeah. less, especially in, like, a nice cocktail bar, the better. Like, the less we're seeing phones, the more, like, the vibe is going to be sexy. Yeah. A laptop has got to fucking go. No, it, it's absolutely okay. unacceptable. No, I, I, I'm 100% on your page. That just really hit a vein for me. <laughs> no, I know. But I feel like when you go out alone, back to yeah, yeah. bring your laptop. Um, <laughs> You're like, but I do love an iPad. I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, No, I think it exudes a confidence to be able to 100%. go out alone. And if someone's judging you for going out alone, that means that they're too insecure to do it. So I think like going to music shows, like, I don't know. It, it depends where you where you feel comfortable, right? So start with one place, go there often. Yeah. Create a relationship with the bartender. So important. Because the bartender is actually your connection to meeting other single people. Because if you're friends with Eddie, the bartender, this happened to me. I was at Benelman's and um, I love going there alone just to feel like, I don't know, I mean, like my like, life makes sense. That's like luxury. No, I, I love it. I mean, honestly, I feel like I live in squalor most of the time. So when I just like get up, yeah. like- I feel like there's two extremes to me. It's like, I, I don't get dressed. I don't do anything. I stay at home and I'm like- Gremlin. Eating. Yeah, I, I'm gremlin, but gremlin vibes only. And then it's like, okay, I'll like lean into this two yeah, nights totally. a week, three nights a week. But every time I've met someone is because I know the bartender and they'll connect you to other people. Right. So that's the first thing. And then after that, flirting in real life is something that a lot of people struggle with. And I feel like- the best thing in the world. Right? It's so simple. There's three steps. It's so, so easy. No matter where you are, eyes. Like, like literally like deep into someone's soul. Give it three seconds. If they make like a, a cute little like smile or like look you back in the eyes, it's on. If they don't, read the room, move on. We all get humbled. It's okay. Rejection is a way to redirection. You're all right. And then you do it to someone right next to them. <laughs> I say that finding love is literally just luck and location. Yeah. So when you walk into a room, you do a scantron of the room. You got to see <laughs> where everyone's at. If you see someone that you think is cute, definitely find a way to position yourself close to them. So if there's an empty bar stool, go there, right? It's going to be hard for you to talk to someone if you're literally- yeah, So you're on- playing in the paint. You're playing hardball. Oh yeah, I'm ready to go. I love it. You got to have a strategy. Yeah, I, absolutely. I date consultants, but I am a strategist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's I'm okay. Here's a question I have because I, I mean, like obviously I'm dating men, so it's a little bit different. But like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to put myself in the in the shoes of being someone in a bar, in a hotel bar, and seeing someone at the bar that I think is attractive, reading a book, writing in a journal, whatever. What is the way, in your opinion, to make the approach that isn't invasive? Yeah, corny. Right. But sexy. Of course. So I think definitely reading the room and knowing the vibe in a way that like. That, <laughs> I come that across was... Bellman's in like a clown outfit. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, ah! <laughs> what you reading there? You come around here often, baby. Um, but so to me, there is a few ways to do it. I think the sexiest thing is being inquisitive. So I would, if I saw someone reading something, right? And I honestly, a lot of times I get hit on before I hit on someone else, but I do okay, hit brag. on people too. The reason I say like the venue is really important. Um, I think like if someone is doing that and you're like, you know the book, that's already an in. So find a commonality. Everyone likes a compliment. And everyone wants to talk about themselves. If you can lean into those two things, you're fine. And it's not, I don't, I don't think it's too intrusive to be like, hey, so wait, I, I read the first edition of that Harry Potter. What's the second one about, right? Or something like that. <laughs> if someone asked that, I'd be like, read the second Harry Potter. I don't even, never even watched Harry Potter. I don't even know what the fuck. I, did I say edition? What is it? <laughs> they changed it in the second printing. <laughs> Oh, Whatever. God. All right. Okay. Let's regroup. So I would say, okay. Um, so <laughs> if someone said that sentence, I read the first edition of that Harry Potter. What's the second one like? I'd be like human trafficker. Like you can't even speak the English language. Like you are an alien who's here to like in disguise to take me off this planet. Okay. Let's re- let's take Harry Potter out of the fucking mix. Um, no, basically, if someone's reading something, you're like, oh, like. 
do you read whatever a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask them a fucking question about what they're doing. Yes. Or if you like their shirt, I'd be like, what is babes? <laughs> what yeah. do you say, right? I don't even, I can't even read the shirt. What it is? says Bimini Babes. It's a drag queen. Right? So I would just be like, oh, like, I love Bimini Babes, even if I don't know what Bimini <laughs> Babes is. Right? Or like, tell me about Bimini Babes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's asking questions about them in a way that's normal. So yeah. like, I wouldn't be like, hey, like, babe, what's your social security? Like, <laughs> like hey, like, um, you know, I, don't hit on people too early. Like, I think it's really corny and cheesy to be like, wow, you're so beautiful. Like, you come around here a lot. Like, yeah. in a way, like, don't make it about looks off, off the bat. You know, I think you want to make sure that the person you're talking to doesn't feel like you're br- going into their space. And there's something about the, because, like, mis- like, not, mi- ugh, saying mystery is enticing is so viciously corny. But, like, saying. No, but it's kind of, it's true. Yeah, but, like, if someone starts up a conversation with you with something, like, yeah, oh, like, what book are you reading? Or, like. If there's like a second, there's a there's like a slight chance that they might actually just be asking the question and not flirting with you. That always, yeah, it's so true. And so then you're kind of like, are they flirting? You know what I mean? Whereas if they're like nice ass, you're like, well, they're flirting. Yeah, do you know exactly. what I mean? Like, no. And that sort of like uncertainty for a second, like at some point in relationships, you do need like clear and healthy communication. Yeah, but at not the, beginning, at the beginning, no, keep it toxic. Keep it, <laughs> no, actually, wait, I literally was talking about this with my friend the other night at bar. It's like actually in the beginning, like keep it a little toxic. No, I agree. I think like it's really sexy to you know, not necessarily know what people want, right? In the way that like, you don't know, to your point, are they flirting with me? Do they actually just like this book? Do they like wanna actually just have friends, right? And I think it's good when you're talking to people to not, going back to our original point about worry less about the end goal and worry more about just getting to know the person across from you. So like if you came up to me at a bar and were asking me about my book, I would tell you because I just want to talk to you. I don't have like a goal in mind. Now, if the vibes were good and it was immaculate and, you know, we were attracted to each other, then that would lead into the next step. But stop making everything off the bat about, you know, either getting a relationship or getting laid. Just talk to people. (laughs) And that's honestly, it'll make you more relaxed, which makes you more fun to talk to. And it'll get you closer to your goal. It's kind of like, I don't know if you do yoga, but like when you're doing yoga, you know, you are repeating the same shit over and over again. And you just naturally get more relaxed. Like you don't just do it with the goal of getting relaxed. If you ever, like when you're trying to fall asleep, if you want to go to sleep and you're forcing yourself to go to sleep, you never fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's the same thing where it's like, be open to conversation, be open to getting to know people and just fucking talk shit. That to me, talking shit will get you in a relationship eventually. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, with your dating and with your going out, does being in a relationship feel like a goal if you love dating this much? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I've been in relationships. Um, wouldn't recommend. No, I, <laughs> uh, no, I, I genuinely, I, I've, I've fallen in love once and- Uh, It was a really beautiful relationship. And I actually think that he was sent to me in my life, although not forever, to remind me of what I deserve. So now when I'm going into my next relationship, I'm open to it. Like everything I'm talking about now to what I think people should do is also my approach. I'm not forcing a relationship. And I'm really open to different types of relationships. I mean, I feel like in this moment, I... I'm not here to say what I want right now. I'm here to explore. And I just, uh, you know, I want to go out and meet cool people. That's my my goal right now. And, you know, I went like so long just like without sex, which was like a really cool moment (laughs) for me, actually, to where now I'm not thirsty. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I honestly, I I always like used to feel like I needed my fix all the time. And after my relationship, I just stopped having sex for like six months. And it's honestly been awakening. Yeah. And, and now I'm just, I'm dating out of desire and not desperation. And I'm dating because I want to, not because I need anything. Like right. I, I pay my own rent. I have my, my toys. I, I have great friends, yeah. my roadies. I, I really am at a point where I have everything I want in my life totally. and I want someone that's going to add to it. And that's something that I've never had before, yeah. you know? So this is the first time in my life where I'm dating as an equal. And as believing that I deserve to be treated as an equal. And I, that's that's something that I think is so inspiring to myself. And I'm not getting as many guys, but, like, it's fine. Like, I'm going out and meeting people and having fun. It's because there are different kinds of dating and there are people that are, like, there are people that approach dating being, like, who is the person that's going to complete me or, like, complete right. my life. Whereas it's, like, and then there are other people, and I think that's, like, 
common because that's what we're trained to think. That's yeah. what we're taught. But then it's like you actually have these relationships. Like you can actually go into dating being like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like we're good. Like we got it all figured out. Let, but like if there's someone else that wants to get into in, involved, like I'm open to that. But yeah. I don't need anyone. There's room on the list. Like there's, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not at capacity yet. But I do think another thing I want to touch there's base on. <laughs> another thing I want to talk about, too, is like going to your question about like what a, dating and all that stuff with going out. Yeah. There are some people that just want to get laid. And there was a time in my life where all I wanted to do was that. And that is so fun. So I want to talk about yeah. meeting people if you do want to just get laid. Please, let's because talk I, about I it. I think that that's like a, actually a different dance that people don't talk about either. Absolutely. Um, so the way we talked about Harry Potter edition, uh, when approaching someone, if you think they're hot at a club, is going to be very different than approaching someone at a hotel bar. Yeah. Right? A lot of the times when you're at a club, you're already with friends, which also makes it a lot easier. And even if you're not... With, most clubs have a bar that you can sit at, like, you know, yeah. so if you, even if like dancing is getting too much and you want to go sit at a club, uh, sit at the bar at the club, that's a great way to meet people too. But I'll say when you're interested in like going home with someone, I, I, I've been discovering a new side of getting to know people in that way. Cause like to me, I keep, I think it's more physical. You start dancing with someone and then the dancing leads to like, you know, kissing and, and said the, you know, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. So I think being open and like doing your own thing at the beginning of the club is how you attract people. It's a weird, it's a, it's a different thing. It's less words at the club when you're trying to get laid and it's more just attracting where it's like mm-hmm. dancing with your friends, doing stuff like that. Whereas like, I feel like when you're at a hotel bar, it's, it's more calculated and conversational. You will. Yeah. I mean, that makes it's, sense. Cause it's, you're doing a physical connection versus a mental connection. Yeah. So uh, it's been crazy to balance both. I've had a lot of club kisses recently. That's very fun. <laughs> I, you will always see me making out with everyone at the club. Wow. <laughs> That's, I love making out more than sex. I haven't <laughs> like, had, I like, I think I sometimes enjoy flirting more than sex. Oh yeah, definitely gets I mean, me off. Flirting is not as good as like the best sex I've ever had, but like flirting is better than a lot of But let's of be real, most of the time the sex is subpar. <laughs> like. Though like the part that's more exciting is like the flirt, if you like, especially, I don't know, like, cause like as a gay man, we have a, like, I say, I don't want to say we, cause I'm not speaking for all gay men, but like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of like app hookups and like sex that's very like sort of casual. My mom listens to this podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, Hi mama. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's a lot of like using apps for like kind of these very like transactional interactions a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's like. So for me, when it is something that comes up more organically in like real life where there's like the flirtation before there's sort of the like, are we, is there a vibe here? Oh, we're, are we going home together? Like that is all so exciting and a little bit, you also can't like by nature of that, you can't like, um, force it. Like sometimes yeah. you just don't, the, the guy's not there. It. You know what I mean? Sometimes they're not there and sometimes they are or whatever. And it's like, that is so much more exciting to me. That part of it. Oh, it's like Christmas. Like Christmas sucks once you've already opened the presents. Like, yeah. it's, like it's like the anticipation is so fun. What's going to happen? Just fine. I'm just going to go eat some ham. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm fucking that. <laughs> Let me watch the Grinch for the 10th time. Um, no, I feel like it, it is the fun part. And I think like flirting is really an art. And I think it it really comes from a place of confidence. So if you, the key to being good at flirting is not being afraid of rejection. So to the point of- But also, I would say, I would just say, but also um, seeing rejection and knowing when you're getting rejected. Yes, yes, read the room. (laughs) All right, so it's like, if if you're flirting with someone and they're giving you one word answers or they're looking at their phone, bitch, run, okay? There's always someone else out there. Move on. Move on, stop. I think- no matter who you're dating, what you're doing, if you're hanging on to someone that doesn't want you, that is the worst thing you can do for your confidence. If you're knocking at a door when no one's home instead of knocking on a new door, that is actively making you a more insecure person. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have to actively protect ourselves and our confidence because it takes a fucking long time to build your confidence and it takes 10 seconds to destroy it. It takes one toxic person to really just run you through the mud and you're back to square one. Yeah. So I think it's, it's super important to... Always, whether you're flirting, going to the club, going on a date, or if you're in a relationship, ask the question, am I being valued in the way that I deserve? Totally. Wow. (laughs) You're fucking good at this. I'm very impressed. (laughs) You want to have a session? Yeah. (laughs) You want to be a client? Instead of of booking a session, Mm -hmm. I like to end every episode with planning our night out together. (gasps) I love it. Okay, what are we doing? Okay, I feel... This is very self-serving. I want to go hang out with you and your hotel bartenders. Like, I want to meet some of your hotel bartenders. I love it. 
And then, yeah. but then we can go to like the Rosemont or we can go to like, yo, <laughs> let's do that. Let's yeah. have some nice cocktails at a hotel bar and then, and go, then, dance. And then go dance and drink some like, gin, like some mixed drinks. Absolutely. Like I, I, I feel that was the first place I ever did a show at the, at the Rosemont. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was I, my first booking as a singer. Oh, that's, <laughs> I love that. That's when iconic. First opened. Yeah. That's iconic. Okay. Well then let's do that and let's see if they'll let you go back on stage. Okay. Let's do it. So hotel bar to the hotel Rosemont. Bar. Maybe a hotel bar or two. Like, we'll do, like, a Manhattan one, a Brooklyn one, and then Rosemont. Okay. I love it. Wait, okay, so what's our middle? Wait, so what's the Manhattan? What? what if you're going to show me a hotel bar in Manhattan, what are you showing me? We're going me? to the Hotel Chelsea Bar. Okay, sick. Love That's it. That's it. It's it's super old school and it's haunted, and I love it. Love. Okay, then we can walk down to the L. We'll yes. shoot over. We're on our way. Do you have a Brooklyn hotel bar? Let's see. Brooklyn hotel bar. I don't have a Brooklyn hotel. Then let's go get one together. But Hotel Del Mano is nice. Okay, let's do it's not a, It's not a hotel, though. Okay, well, it says hotel names. <laughs> it has hotels, so it works. All right, great. So we'll do that, and then we'll finish at Rosemont, and we'll get them to let you sing. Iconic. It's done. I can't wait. Perfect. Thank you so much for doing the show. This was so Thank fun. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 